Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, it's okay. You're addicted to Dynasty, and I am too. My name is Justin Christopher, and I'm a Dynasty Freak. I love the NFL. I watch every game every week. I love drafting, trading, scouting, and managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty. Here's what we have on store today. Today, naturally, what you would expect is going to be a little conversation about the Combine. Uh, what a fun weekend it was this last weekend. Um, I'm in the thick of UT baseball season. We swept the number one ranked LSU Tigers in baseball. But between my baseball watching games that I was at the field every day, I'd come back and I'd watch the Combine, definitely DVD'd a lot, and had a blast catching up this week. So thanks for giving me a week off on the podcast and writing an article last week so I could uh, make sure I get all the viewing into the Combine. Um, I love it. It's so fun being able to watch all the players back to back to back. It really gives you a chance to see how they compare to each other, just kind of their frame, their build, um, as well as just uh, the physical standpoint and the fluidity standpoint of the way that they run. And so I enjoyed all that. Um, Love watching the way receivers catch the ball with their hands and stuff. That's something that's easy to watch as well when they run the gauntlet. So it was a fun week. I watched all the combine, listened to a ton of expert reviews. So I probably listened to two dozen podcasts uh, since the end of the combine. And so taking in the knowledge from other experts, watching it for myself, here are the initial combine results that have affected my rankings. I'll say before I get to them, though, that I don't really believe that we should let the combine radically affect our rankings. Uh, Film uh, combined with college productivity, I think, is way more important than this skills contest, I guess you could call it. Um, For me, the combine mostly allows me to sift players that I had in the same range and move them ahead or behind others in the same tier. So you don't see really drastic changes from the combine by my rankings Um, but you will see people move up or down similar guys that were kind of clustered in the same tier so for the most part players moved up or down just within their tier rankings for me you can go to the website to see all of my rankings uh, updated them yesterday however uh, these are 10 exceptions these guys jumped and even jumped past tiers into different tiers in my rankings so these are the guys that either moved up or down at least 10 spots in my rankings Here we go. Here are the biggest uh, risers after the combine. First for me is uh, Justice Hill. I moved him up to number 39, uh, from number 39 to number 19. I mean, Hill just shined. It was explosive in all the tests, like the broad jump and the vertical jump, and he had the fastest 40-yard dash among the running backs. He did come up a little bit lame, which kind of ended his day, so that stunk that we didn't get to see him in some of the other uh, drills. Um, this last week too, I listened to a podcast. He was on the stick to football podcast and it made me a lot more confident just in him as a, as a competitor and a smart guy. Sometimes, uh, like it or not, I, I love listening to the interviews and that gives me a, a greater feel for the type of competitor that a person is, um, as well as their kind of athletic smarts. And so that, that also stuck out to me. He competed well this weekend. It was a definite winner. He's still under 200 pounds. So that gives me some concern. Uh, but I liked seeing him compared to others. I think he'll be kind of a third down back, but if he lands with the right team, it's going to be a third down back that gets a lot of opportunity to to, um, run in space. So Justice Hill, I moved him up to number 19, where he was number 39. Uh, Next guy that I moved up in my rankings after the combine is Travion Williams. I moved him up 22 spots. Honestly, I moved him up uh, from number 34 to number 22. 
And a lot of his rise for me this week was actually based on a number of podcasts that, that I listen to every week. And they're definitely more experienced scouts than me, were much higher on him than I have been. And so while I didn't move him up to maybe the degree that they have him, I felt like I had to move him up um, just a little bit. And he did pretty well at the combine as well. He was uh, unexpectedly, to me, was above the 200-pound mark, weighing in at 206. Um, he also earned some, uh, so that earned him some extra points. Um, he looked pretty fluid in all the drills. Um, he's still kind of in the middle of the pack, but I had to had to move him up. Third guy that's moving up for me, uh, moved up 12 spots, was Miles Gaskin. I moved him from number 35 now to number 23. So you can see these three running backs here. I moved them up into a new tier um, ahead of a, a group of receivers and some of the tight ends. Um, Justice Hill at 19, Trevion Williams at 22, and now Miles Gaskin here at 23. Um, leading up to the combine, I felt like I needed to move him up based solely on his college production. I watched a little bit more film on him and just thought, man, this guy is just too good and a pretty good conference in, in Pac-12 to have four years in a row of over, over a thousand yards uh, really says something. He also hit the 200 plus mark, which I didn't think he, that he would. So he was 205 at the weigh-in. He looked apart in the combine. Um, he was kind of in the middle of the pack on all, on all of his tests. But I felt like he showed, you know, kind of a balance of skill level metrically and enjoy kind of watching him running right up next to the other guys and liked his frame once I saw him kind of out of the pads. Um, so check the box for me. I moved him up 12 spots to number 23. Next guy that was moving up was uh, Paris Campbell from Ohio State. I moved him up 13 spots from number 38 in my rankings to number 25. So I'm still probably quite a bit lower on him than some others. Listen to a podcast this week, and I was listening. I think there's a dynasty nerds were saying that they've got Paris Campbell in their first round of their their drafts, and so not not so for me if I just moved him up to 25, but I still made him a pretty big jump. I still wonder if he's going to be kind of a boom bust type of player, someone somewhere like at his best, like a Percy Harvin, or maybe at his worst, like a Tavon Austin. Uh, but I have to admit, seeing him outside of his pads actually changed my mind a little bit. Obviously, he destroyed the combine and all the exercises that he chose to to perform in. And so this will draft, and this will rise his draft stock, I believe, in the NFL. That's my main thing. I think his speed, that four three one, I think it was, or four three three, speed that he had. I think that just means that NFL teams are going to take a chance on him, and that that kind of radically affects the chances that he's going to get if he's drafted higher. So we have to move him up in our dynasty rankings accordingly. Same could be said for number five for me. That would be Miles Boykin. I uh, moved him up 19 spots. I moved him from 47 to 28. So pretty high rise, moving up 19 spots. Uh, he just dominated the combine. It was crazy. Like He uh, looked good, but then he measured incredibly. Most impressively was his 6.77 and a three-cone drill. Um, and that's the most important measurement for me when it comes to receivers. I don't put a whole lot of stock in the in the 40, but I really love to look at that uh, the three-cone drill and see... Um, just see how how quick they are, and to run it in six seven seven is ridiculous. Um, I had him down, you know, to be like a fourth or fifth round pick, like and even in the last round of some of our rookie drafts. But now I've moved him solidly into um, uh, upper level of round three guy because I think NFL teams are going to be fascinated with the way that he performed, kind of like Paris Campbell. They're going to draft him earlier, which means he's going to get more opportunity, which means in our dynasty leagues we need to draft him earlier as well. Next, I moved up Alex Barnes, running back from Kansas State. I moved him up 29 spots. Um, I moved him from 69 to 40. So he was kind of undraftable in most of our rookie drafts, depending on how many rounds you do. But now he's firmly um, in the fourth round there at number 40 for me. 
um, as any uh, good dynasty owner would do, I listened religiously to the Under the Helmet podcast, and Chad and Jordan uh, from that podcast were super high on Barnes leading up uh, to the Combine. And uh, I just didn't, I watched it and I just didn't see it enough on film, but you got to take them at their word. And man, he sure looked the part. He did great and he did not, you know, wasn't the best at any of the exercises, but he was above average at all of them. And most impressively, I just like watching him. Like during all the drills, he just looks so, uh, so smooth, like just a really smooth runner. And then he was obviously by far much bigger than everyone out there with maybe a few exceptions, maybe like a, um, Damien Harris was right up there with him, but he just looks so much bigger than everyone else. Um, he dominated the metric evaluations and, and looked the part. So if he lands with a team that's smart and actually has plans to use him as a big guy like that, um, I think he'd go further up my ra- rankings. But for now, I at least moved him up to 40. Should be drafted in all of our drafts. And finally, on the moving up would be McCole Hardman. Uh, moved him up 10 spots from 52 to 42. Um, everyone that I listened to suspected that he'd be kind of a metric marvel, particularly with his speed. Of course, he did run the 4-3-3 in the 40-yard dash, so that means his stock will rise in the NFL, and so his dynasty stock has to rise a bit too. I still have some doubts um, that Georgia offense was just hard to hard to figure out. They run the ball so much, so it was hard to see um, really see Hardman or Ridley, for that matter, be featured very much in the offense. So kind of remains to be seen, but what I saw, even running the gauntlet, the way that his hands, I just loved watching him and felt like I needed to move him up. So now he's in the top 50, which means he'll be drafted um, in all of our drafts. At least that's what I would recommend. Now I had three guys that are falling. You've probably heard of these guys before, or if you listen to any other podcast, everyone has these guys falling. The first one was sad for me. I had Elijah Holyfield. I moved him down 19 spots. I had him number seven, so I was way higher on him than most. And I had to move him down to number 26, which actually probably is still higher than most. This one was a tough one for me because I had to do it. The thing that I love about him is his fight. And that's uh, no pun intended on him, on him being, you know, Evander Holyfield's son. I just love his fight. Even uh, leading up to the draft, I, I heard many podcasts talking about just that he was uh, just the toughest guy in the field um, at Georgia. And so I love that in a running back. I love a kind of punch-you-in-the-mouth kind of guy. And uh, he showed, you know, look, at least on film, he showed crazy bursts. But man, running the, the 40 as slow as he did, the 4.7, this is just, that was just super surprising. So I had to move him down uh, just because of that. So now I kind of have him in the round two, take a stab, or the th- early third round, take a stab kind of guy. I'd be curious to see what happens during his pro days. Maybe he can improve on some of those numbers. Um, like I said, I only moved him down to 26, where I think you, a lot of people you're going to see are going to move him like just completely out. And even some people I've heard this week on some podcasters are speculating that he just be won't be drafted this year, which I find that hard to believe. But we'll see. Second guy that I had to move down quite a bit was my man, little Jordan Humphrey from my University of Texas. I moved him down 20 spots from, um, from uh, 29 to 49. So this obviously pains me as a Longhorn fan. I was really mad when he chose to come out because I felt like he needed to come back for a senior year. Of course, selfishly wanted him for my team. But now, man, there is really a chance on him. Unlike Holyfield, who I think will get drafted, I think there's a good chance Jordan Humphrey might not get drafted at all. So the wide receiver class, particularly in this draft, is just so deep. And there's going to be so many other guys that that people could take that he really had to show better uh, at this combine. So... And I think there's going to be a lot of people now that really think that he's, his ceiling has dropped pretty dramatically, and there's going to be others with higher ceilings that NFL teams are going to take a chance on. So 
Um, I only moved him down to 49, which puts him on the edge of ever being drafted in our in our you know fantasy drafts. If you're in a 12 team league and have five uh, picks, you know you'll get to 60. So right now I still have him as being drafted, but uh, he might get bumped out of that here shortly. We'll see, particularly what if what happens in the draft. And finally, I had Isaac Nada from uh, Georgia, the tight end. I moved him down 23 spots from 31 to 54. Um, I had him as my number four ranked tight end overall, obviously bef- behind the, the big guys, Font, Hawkinson, and Smith. Um, and he just had a really bad combine. So I'm willing to kind of trust the film compared to other tight ends. Um, so what I did really is I, I ended up, I noticed I moved a lot of running backs and receivers past him as my number four tight end. So it's not that he fell way down the tight end scale for me, but just a lot of other players uh, moved ahead of him from other positions. The only tight end that I moved ahead of him was Caleb Wilson. Um, I just felt like Caleb's uh, combine performance put him uh, quite a bit ahead of Nada, but it was really the other running backs and receivers who um, jumped ahead of him in my rankings. So that's it. That's what we got for my opinions on the guys that rose and fall, fell rather, uh, during uh, this year's combine. I hope that you guys have had a great week watching it yourself. And if you weren't able to watch, I hope to just hearing uh, my advice will help you in your rankings. It's going to come fast. Next week, I plan to do an article on free agent moves. Next week, obviously, free agency is going to open up. And there's some real important things that we can do, particularly if you're in a league that has a waiver wire open uh, year round. So it's kind of first come, first serve. There's some ways to think about these free agent moves um, that I think will really help you. Uh, make wise decisions next week when everything starts going down and players start switching teams. So that's going to be fun. Until then, I appreciate you giving it a listen. That's a wrap for this week. Make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks.com. Until next time, go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.